0: I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Today, I'm going to talk about resolutions, parenting or otherwise. I'll share some of my resolutions and talk about some common parenting resolutions and give some tips for getting started. This year, many of my resolutions are personal, but I also have a few parenting resolutions and I'll share both of these types. As far as personal resolutions, And honestly, personal resolutions are parenting resolutions because any self-improvement is a gift to our children. For my personal resolutions this year, I have signed up for a half Ironman distance race in May, considered to be one of the most grueling ones there is. So my goal is really just to finish this race and finish it feeling strong. Another personal resolution is to stop procrastinating. I have become a master procrastinator and a master at getting distracted. So no more of that. I'm setting my goals and my daily tasks and changing this terrible habit of getting distracted. I'm going to set up a new habit of staying focused. As far as my parenting goals, I have two big goals this year. The first is to get and keep our kids involved in some type of organized physical activity. They've all quit swim team for now. Now, they do want to go back in the summer. We did do some tennis and a little bit of swim lessons last fall, but then I let everything fall to the wayside, and it's been about three months since any of them have been involved in any kind of organized sport. So I got on it in December. I asked everybody what they wanted. One of them wanted to do ice skating, actually my youngest son, and my daughter, who wanted to do gymnastics, then decided that she wanted to do ice skating as well. So those two are doing ice skating. The older one has wanted to do volleyball for quite a while. Well, volleyball doesn't start until the middle of March. So in the meantime, he's now decided that he wants to do ice skating as well. So all three of the kids are starting ice skating lessons after school today, actually. So I'm very excited to see them trying out this new sport. In the meantime, the tennis coach called and they've added another session of the level that our oldest son needs. So he's also going to be doing tennis until volleyball starts my second parenting resolution is working on our kids responsibilities since our kids are now in grade school one in third and two in first I know that it's really time to start getting them in a really good habit for taking on personal responsibility and helping more around the house right now they all have jobs to do as part of the family one of them is to clean their rooms once a week and the other is taking turns emptying the dishwasher Our oldest has been doing several jobs for pay for a little while now, but it's time to make this more official and to add jobs for the other two as well. So as I already alluded to, what we like to do is let them have jobs they do simply as part of the family to teach the lesson that we all pitch in as part of a family. Then we also like to give out some paid jobs. This gives them several opportunities. One is to make some money so that they can learn some money management skills. The second is a work ethic as it relates to the more you do, the harder you work, the more you can earn. So the way that we will set this up is to put up a list of jobs onto a spreadsheet with assigned values for each. When you complete the job, you put an initial in it. At the end of the week we add up how much you earned and you get paid. However, You also must have a clean room in order to get paid for your other jobs. I'll let you know how this little system works out for us. Now, in addition, I just let the kids know the other day that as they get older, These jobs that they're getting paid for right now will become part of their responsibility for the family. As they get older, they will be expected to take on more responsibility as part of the family, and the jobs that they will do for pay will become more high-level, complicated tasks. Now, in addition to these, one of my other personal resolutions is related to your village. I got some great advice from some smart people, and that is to revive my Instagram account. So, I have just started doing that. And if you're interested to follow my training life, me getting ready for this race, if you're curious about that, or my life with the kids and family and running this business, I would love for you to follow me on Instagram. You can either look me up by my name, Erin Royer, that's R-O-Y-E-R, or by my username, Iron Mom, that's I-R-O-N-M-O-M 2020. Now, a reason I chose this name was way back when I set my goal to complete another Ironman race in the year 2020. Now, once that comes to fruition, I'll probably need to switch that name. Maybe I'll be Iron Mom forever or something. But anyway, for now and for the foreseeable future, my username, Iron Mom 2020, if you're interested in following my crazy life and how I try to squeeze it all in. So let's get to the good stuff, the real reason that you all listen, and that's parenting tips. So let's talk about some common parenting resolutions. In the new year, one of the biggest parenting resolutions is to become a healthier family, to teach our kids and work with our kids to have healthier habits for a healthier life. Of course, this was part of my goal in getting them back into some sports. Now there's two sides to this equation, the healthy eating side, and the physical fitness side. As far as the physical fitness side, it's good for kids to both work on physical skills and skill development, as well as just getting outside and moving. Now, like anything in life, there is a progression over the ages and studies have shown that kids that are pushed in sports too early tend to either burn out, get injured, or both. Now, since this episode isn't an episode about competition and sports, I don't want to take time here going deep into that. But if you'd like to know more about that progression and what professional sports scientists actually recommend for exposing and engaging kids in sports activity, you can go back to episode number 30, Kids, Sports, and Competition. Now, when it comes to getting kids out and exercising just for fun, there are lots of great things to do. Now, we are extremely spoiled here in Southern California. Today, it's raining and 55 degrees, and this is about as bad as it gets here. The trampoline in the backyard, or the bikes, skateboards, scooters, or basketball, out in the cul-de-sac, pretty much all year long. If you aren't so lucky, wintertime can be a bit tricky. Now, I grew up in Pennsylvania where winters came and pretty much stayed from December to March. So I do remember getting bundled up in my snowsuit and getting out to play with my friends, snowball fights, building snowmen, building little igloos when we had those big snowstorms. Sledding, finding those local hills, taking an inner tube or a sled, and going up and down those hills is an amazing exercise. So those are all great options. Now, it's optimal for kids to be out doing this kind of exercise for at least an hour a day. But if you're just getting started, and this is all new for your kids, take what you can get. If all you can do is 15 to 20 minutes to start, that's a great start. Get them out there. They can throw some snowballs, build a snowman, make some snow angels. If you're somewhere warmer, shoot some hoops, ride their bike or a scooter up and down the street. That's what you can get. Take it. As far as healthy eating, this is one of the biggest struggles. Now, of course, most of us parents have recommitted ourselves to eating healthier as well. And honestly, what makes this the easiest and brings up the fewest struggles is just to make the food in the house as healthy as possible. Now, we were having a big problem with our oldest getting into these chewy granola bars. These are fine in moderation and I don't believe there's any such thing as a bad food. However, he was unable to eat these in moderation. We would find three and four wrappers, never mind the fact that they were in places where he shouldn't have been eating them to begin with, like the family room or in his bedroom. But he was eating three or four of these at a time. He was never choosing a fruit or a vegetable as part of his snack. And no matter where we hid them, he would find them. So we just stopped buying them. Instead, we've made the kind bars, the snack of choice, because they're much lower in sugar so he doesn't get addicted and overeat. Now, I'll cover some more tips for raising healthy eaters along with another common parenting resolution and some tips for conquering it after a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. By Heart is an infant nutrition company whose mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, As promised before the break, now I'm going to share some more tips for raising healthy eaters and then share another common parenting resolution, and that is being a more peaceful parent, keeping our cool when things heat up, along with several tips for making this a reality. So for getting kids on board with healthy eating and making it healthier, we wanna make sure they have access to healthy choices. What I like to do is cut up fruits and vegetables and put them in containers and leave them in the refrigerator. If I have a container of fruit available in the refrigerator, it's pretty much gone within a day or two. When it comes to vegetables, my kids each have a few favorites, so I make sure that those are available. My oldest loves snap peas and carrots. My younger kids like cauliflower, broccoli, and cucumbers. Then if needed, you can also have something for dipping. Things like hummus and salsa are really good and super healthy, but if needed, even things like ranch Italian or blue cheese dressing are great options for helping kids make fresh vegetables a part of their daily snack ritual. Also, I have put up a handout on the website for lots of great healthy snack ideas that include simple things like veggies and dips, to things that you can mix and match like turkey veggie wraps and yogurt with granola and much more and you can find that on the site at yourvillageonline.com/podcast/resolutions again yourvillageonline.com/podcast/resolutions to download your copy of the healthy snacks handout so one of the other biggest parenting resolutions i see is a commitment to peaceful parenting This is a resolution to stop or minimize or reduce the yelling. So let's go over some tips for this. Now the first thing I'm going to say is that to make sure you're taking care of yourself. I know I've talked about this in a lot of other episodes and as a matter of fact I have an entire class dedicated to this exact topic which is peaceful parenting part one. I talk all about the eight different ways to take care of yourself. But this is so important because if you're too tired and too stressed out, it just leaves us open to lose our patience much easier. We don't have the mindset to be calm and patient when we're stressed and we're burned out. So if this is a struggle for you, this should be a very first resolution to figure out how you're going to take care of yourself to get yourself feeling healthier, more energized, to get enough sleep at night. Wherever you feel like you're falling short, that's the place to start. If you need some suggestions and some help, or some guidelines, that class is very helpful. Peaceful Parenting Part 1 on the website, yourvillageonline.com, under either the Discipline section or the Modern Parenting section. Now, First, knowing why peaceful parenting is so important can many times be enough to empower ourselves to dial down the reaction a few notches. Firstly, it sets a positive example to our kids for dealing with conflict and negative emotions, which builds their emotional intelligence. It strengthens rather than weakens the relationship and therefore a parent's influence. It builds respect and maintains respect of the child for the parent, also affecting parental influence. In the teenage years, when our kids are gaining freedom, this influence will be of the utmost importance. Now, anger and frustration are normal emotions. Showing them is normal and can be done in healthy ways. Kids need to learn healthy ways of dealing with these difficult emotions and they learn that from us. It's normal to be angry in parenting and kids benefit from seeing us express these emotions. However, it's important to keep your display of anger short at moderate levels and have a resolution. Short means returning to calm within a few minutes. If you're acting angry frequently throughout the day, then children will check out. You lose the capacity to be that role model. Moderate means showing some emotion. It's okay to have some frustration in your voice, but screaming, yelling, shaming, name-calling, any feeling of being out of control and your children will not feel safe. You want them to feel safe with you. You are their safe harbor in the world. You want to be the person they feel they can go to. So you want to do whatever you can to protect this. If you feel like you need some tools to communicate more effectively without shaming or escalating conflict, the class under the discipline tab called Communication Tools gives some great tools for this. Now coming to a resolution means you want to reconnect after you share your anger, hurt, or frustration. You want to apologize and explain. Explain that you are angry but that you are calm and that you still love your child even when you are upset. Studies show that parents who apologize and explain after a display of anger have children with higher emotional intelligence. Also, knowing what to do in situations will greatly reduce frustration. You want to have a plan. This means you can move into action rather than flailing around and grasping at something or throwing out empty threats and just hoping it will work. The entire discipline series, Intro to Discipline, and all the discipline classes for the different age groups and the discipline tools are meant to help with exactly this. They'll help you have a tool and have a plan for action when you're feeling frustrated. You want to set realistic expectations by keeping in mind that the parent-child relationship is a very close and intimate one. We have a lot invested in our children, a lot of hope and expectations and time and energy. We also are very busy and can just get stressed. So emotions are going to run high at times. This is all normal. You want to set a goal to commit to calm as much as possible. Although it's normal to lose your cool from time to time, this should be the goal to shoot for. Children need calm parents, especially in times of stress, like a death in the family, a move, divorce, illness, etc. They need someone in control. You are the one they are looking to for guidance and support. Sometimes being the adult sucks. It's a tough job, but we need to be the rock for our kids. Find someone else you can fall apart with when you need to, a close friend, a family member, or a partner. Learn about and consider the realistic developmental expectations of the child. Most parents expect their children to be further along than they are, particularly emotionally. So learning some basic child development can be very helpful so that you're not continuing to lose your cool over behavior that is actually considered age appropriate because you're expecting too much for your child's age. I have a great development series in the library for this. You're developing toddler, you're developing preschooler, you're developing child, and you're developing adolescent. Now at this point, only the You're Developing Toddler class is available. The other three are currently in production If you wanna know about those when they are released, be sure to go to the website and sign up for our newsletter so you can be updated when new classes become available. Learn about positive intent. And I discussed this in the class and focus on the positive, but what this means is that kids are not doing a behavior to upset the parent. They're doing it to explore their world, to assert independence, or for other reasons, to get a need met. You wanna look beyond the appearance to find the true meaning of the behavior. This understanding can bring about connection. You wanna build a social network. Find other parents at the kids' schools. Find a mom's club or a parent's club. Meet some people at the gym. Find some outlet to share and discuss your struggles and frustrations as a parent. And lastly, you wanna get proactive, especially with repeat behaviors. Make a list of behaviors you see repeated in your home that you want to fix. Is it clean up before dinner time? Getting ready for school on time in the morning? Struggles at bedtime? If you're seeing repeated behaviors, then whatever you're currently doing is not working. So you need to change your behavior to change the outcome. Now in the class on peaceful parenting part two, there are lots of worksheets to work on these and other types of things, but you can do this piece by simply writing out the behavior that you're seeing repeated. Write out what you're currently doing and then come up with a list of better alternatives and commit to trying each one of those and using those for at least two weeks. So for a couple of examples, the first one is super simple, but sometimes the answers are really simple. So let's say baby keeps trying to climb down the stairs in the morning while you're trying to get ready for work. Instead of constantly chasing baby away from the stairs, simply get a baby gate to put it up at the top of the stairs. Now, not all our parenting issues are that simple. If you have issues with your kids getting ready in the morning, come up with a list of options to address it, such as, Move getting dressed first before breakfast, meaning no breakfast until you're dressed. You could build in an extra 10 minutes for buffer or for playtime as part of the morning routine. You could use a positive logical consequence of having 10 minutes of playtime with a favorite toy or game if he gets dressed and eats breakfast in a timely manner. You also could work on getting more intentional with your directions if you're having issues with your kids not following through right away. Now this means touching your child on the shoulder, making eye contact when you give an instruction. This lets your child know you are serious and you expect her to follow through. You wanna stay engaged with your child until he or she is actually doing the task. You ask your child to get their shoes on, you're gonna go over, touch him or her on the shoulder, say, I need you to get your shoes on now, please. Do not turn around and walk away. Stay with your child. Make sure they walk to the room and get their shoes on. You can do this for several days to a week. And then you can back away from staying so engaged and so on top of the activity because this will become the new normal and your child will know that when you say to do something that you expect him or her to go do it. But yelling across the room five times is never effective. It just says, ignore me until I get really mad. It teaches our kids to actually ignore us. So you can change that around by becoming more intentional. If you have a parenting question you would like answered, please send them to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time.